it's not for me, it's for Jake. I said, I will do whatever it takes to keep him busy, to give him a reason to get up in the morning, to give him a social life, to give him a reason to function. And I said, and you know, while I'm at it, I can help a bunch of other kids. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Robin Renierson of Jake's Ice Cream. Robin, super excited to have you on the show. Thanks. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for asking. Yes, excited to have you on and hear about all the awesome things that you're doing. And before we jump into that interview, I want to read a little bit more about Robin so you can hear about some of those things. And Robin is a retired optometrist who specializes in developmental disorders. She has opened an ice cream parlor located in Falls Church, Virginia, employing around 20 individuals who are differently abled along with several conventionally abled people. The business model recognizes that it sometimes takes help from a job coach or a team member to get things done. The entire staff is Expected to learn all the all the integral pieces of working in this business. Robin, super excited to have you on the show again. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I am. I am. Awesome. Well, let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to hear how everything got started, what I like to call your CEO story. As you've already said, I have a background in working with people that are differently abled. My postdoc is in pediatrics and developmental vision, and I have worked with uh, my, well, my postdoc was in down on Down syndrome, uh, specifically in their visual abilities, capabilities, what have you. Um, and that started around the time where some of the early intervention programs were starting. So where people were finally recognizing that um, young people with Down syndrome were not necessarily um, incapable of learning, reading, doing math, functioning in a school environment. Um, because prior to that, a lot of doctors told families to institutionalize their kids, which I think is horrific. But in any event, um, so when I was in graduate school, they were starting all of these um, infant trainings, infant STEM programs, and things like that, and that just fascinated me. Um, move. I graduated in 1977, so that was about 45 years ago. Um, so it's it's been a long time that I've been working in my field. Um, I happen to have a 29 year old nephew who has cerebral palsy. And Jake is his name, and that's who the ice cream parlor is named after. Um, Jake was working for a company for about eight years um, when he got out of high school. And when COVID hit, that company let the 18 people with special needs go, and they maintained the rest of their business without um, making accommodations for masking and vaccination and social distancing and all the other stuff. Um, and it aggravated me particularly because we kept our practice open the entire time and made all the adjustments with air purifiers and taking temperatures and masking and keeping people socially distanced. And I thought, you know, if we can do it in a very busy practice with four doctors, certainly these people can do it. It's not that hard. So it started to really aggravate me. Um, so my broker from Oppenheimer, um, Roland Amore, has been bugging me for the last five years to open an ice cream parlor as a retirement business. 
And I used to just laugh at him and say, you know, Roland, you should understand that I don't need a retirement business. I'm well enough invested. I'm good to go. When I'm finished practicing, I'm done. I don't need another job. And he says, but Rob, it's, you know, it's a great business. And I went, oh, leave me alone. Anyway, the summer that Jake lost his job, um, Roland happened to be in the office because he's also one of my patients. And he said, Robin, when I get done here today, he says, I'm going over to take a look at an ice cream parlor that's not too far from here that's going out of business. And, and he said, he lives in, in the DC area near Bethesda. Um, and he said, you know what, after I've driven down here, he says, I don't know that I really want to drive to Virginia every single day. He says, maybe you would be interested. And I looked at him and I said, well, maybe I would be. And he goes, that's a big change of attitude. And I said, well, yeah. And he says, well, what made you change your mind? He says, it's a great idea. And I said, it's not for me, it's for Jake. I said, I will do whatever it takes to keep him busy, to give him a reason to get up in the morning, to give him a social life, to give him a reason to function. And I said, and, you know, while I'm at it, I can help a bunch of other kids. So uh, I went over and I talked to the people who were um, going out of business and I was able to uh, work out a purchase agreement with them to buy their business. So over the year that Jake lost his job and until we opened the ice cream shop here, I was still practicing. And, you know, as people are coming and going, because I've known these people forever, we would tell stories about things and, you know, they'd say, well, what's going on now? And I go, well, my nephew lost his job and I'm really aggravated about it, but I'm going to open this ice cream parlor. And I said, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so several of the kids said, I need a job. Would you hire me? And the kids that didn't ask for a job, sometimes their parents would ask if I would hire their kid. So long story short, I had 11 of my patients already hired before we started. We also do special ice cream flavors. We make our own ice cream here on the, on the premises. Um, and we make it in five gallon batches. So it's artisanal. Everything is done separately. Um, generally, we're doing scoops and cones and sundaes and things like that. We also make ice cream cakes. We have six inch cakes, nine inch cakes. I now have a, you know, nine, 10 by 13 inch rectangular cake. I had to do a special Where's Waldo cake for somebody's birthday. So I had to go get the mold for that. So making ice cream cakes is very different than baking a cake. <laughs> it has to go into a silicone mold to, so it freezes up to the right shape. And it takes a couple of days between, you know, putting one layer in and freezing it and then putting another layer in and freezing it. So it's not just mush. Um, and then you unmold it, decorate it off you go so anyhow so it's fun it's fun yeah. we're doing a lot of things and the kids are having a great time and um there are they all the rejects the things that don't come out well we give to the kids to take home so they're generally happy that we have rejects i'm not happy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah or even you know as you said like not even quote unquote challenge them to just see because like you said I, I know you use the word uh differently abled instead of disabled mm -hmm. as well too and understanding that you just have to approach things in a different way doesn't mean they're they can do any any less it's just like sometimes you have to meet people where they are and then help them to as you say make sure that they're able to um succeed do, do you feel like that's I, I call it your, your secret sauce it could be for you personally the organization combination of both uh but do you feel your ability to be able to kind of you know, see and understand that and meet people where they are. Do you think that's what sets you apart and the organization apart and makes it unique? I think probably. And, and for me, I, I would like to say that for the most part, it's second nature for me to think it to plan. I'm a planner. I'm a doer. I'm a, I'm very um, optimistic about things. I refuse to fail. 
Um, and so, you know, you can put an obstacle in the way. I'll find a way to go over it or around it or under it. And I just take a look at the people that work for me and, so, and go, okay, if we have an obstacle here, we'll find a way around it. You know, we'll find a way for you to succeed at doing this. Don't sweat it. Let's just go. <laughs> so, um, so, but that's the way I just kind of have always been. That's my personality. So it wasn't something I had to think about. And so there are some times where people come in here and they will, they will make a suggestion, you know, you know, it could be better if you did it this way. Okay, fine. I'm open to suggestion. Um, <laughs> so I'll give just about anything a try. The worst that'll happen is it won't work. Oh, well, you know, the wor- I'll go back to doing it the way I did it before. No right. big deal. Uh, the best yeah. that will happen is that suggestion will move it faster, make it easier, and you know, be much more efficient. Okay, I'm game. Yeah, you can't agree say when when new tricks because I am a <laughs> there <fish> dog. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no, I love that. And especially when you have that culture and how it, you know, permeates everything that you're doing, whether you're talking with clients, of course, you're doing everything, you know, and having uh, conversations and thinking about different ways to do things with your team. So absolutely appreciate that. So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? A bit of a logistics expert. And I try to anticipate where we're going to need things before we run out. I am not the person who takes the last roll of toilet paper and then doesn't say anything. (laughs) 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 So I'm, I'm very much a a planner, but I'm not obsessive about it. I, I just consider myself to be extraordinarily observant about things. And I'll, I'll come in in the morning and I'll take a look around and see we're low on this, that, and the other thing. And I have an idea two, three weeks out, what kinds of things we're going to be working on. And I'll think, okay, I need that. I'm going to need this in two weeks. I might need it even sooner than that. Um, So I try to anticipate and, you know, and work out the logistics of things ahead of time. I don't like management by crisis intervention. (laughs) If I had this to do all over again, would I do it this way? Probably. Um, But I know a lot more now than I did before. And I would have, well, I wasn't able to anticipate because I had no idea what I was getting into. (laughs) But for the next go round, I can anticipate. I, I actually know what I'm getting into and I can very quickly make decisions that's a go, no way. So I can take a look around. I can make a judgment about the property area and see, you know, yes, the rent is great for this particular place, but there's no business here. What's the draw? What's going to bring people in? All right. You can't be like on the backside of a building in the middle of no place and make a go of it unless you've been there for a long time and word of mouth gets it out. There are places that are holes in the wall that work, but that's not a good way to start. (laughs) It's not the most successful thing. (laughs) So, you know, if somebody gave you the space for free, you might want to start at the back of a building, but short of that, no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, that's so funny that you said that because that actually was going to be my next question. I call them CEO nuggets, which are kind of like things that you might uh, give as a word of wisdom or piece of advice. I often say it's something if you hopped into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self, is it that? Would it be like, what are some of the nuggets that you might tell your younger business self or even tell somebody else's maybe looking to start a business? Well, um, you have to be flexible when you start a business. You also have to anticipate that things are going to cost probably three times more than what you thought it was going to cost. Saving until it hurts is probably what you should tell your younger self because a lot of young people don't think about 
getting older and what they're going to need. You know, if you have invested well, if you've saved properly to the degree that you have an income where you can do that instead of living hand to mouth, then you'll be all the better down the road. And then you can do things like this in your retirement. You can open another business or you can, you know, you can go travel. You can go live someplace else for six months out of the year and not be pinched financially. So I'm happy with the fact that I can do this and I can do it again. Um, but I'm going to do it smarter financially the next time. Not that I don't have the money to spend on a second location. I do, but I now know economies of scale. So there you go. That's me looking to save every nickel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it definitely sounds like built upon those experiences as well, too, is that I think so many times I, what I hear the word that was coming to my mind is being able to kind of observe and make decisions in the future, because I think so many times things happen, but we sometimes don't learn a lesson or pay attention to the lesson. So I love that you've been able to kind of couple that experience with the lessons to to come back and and build something even more efficient and better and continue to kind of build upon um, those experiences. So um, I want to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Robin, what does being a CEO mean to you? It means you do everything. (laughs) You're like a mom or a dad. You're the chief cook and bottle washer. You're responsible for everything, for the financial stability of the place that you have. Um, You're picking up the slack when people don't come to work. So for instance, today, my job coach for eight kids that are going to be working today is off because it's a federal holiday. We're open. It's a busy day for us. I'm the job coach today. And while I'm here talking to you, I called in a parent volunteer to take my place so that I could take walk away from them and talk to you. (laughs) So, so, you know, when you're the CEO, you're everything. Paying attention to those little bitty things, as my dad used to say, pennies make dollars. If you look at the little stuff, big stuff doesn't really get doesn't happen. If you let the little stuff go, all of those little bitty things are going to chew away at everything. And eventually they're, the whole house of cards is going to fall. So pay attention to the little bitty things. And as a CEO, that's what you are. I mean, sweeping up underneath stuff, moving things out of the way, lifting things, looking up under here. Did this get done? Did that get done? You're kind of you're playing sweep around everything. Absolutely. And I definitely appreciate that. I appreciate your time even more. What I want to do now was pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you, come for a, cu- a scoop or a cup or a cone of ice cream as well, too, and find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. So we are located at uh, the Barcroft Plaza Shopping Center, which is 6353 Columbia Pike in Falls Church, Virginia. We're at the corner of Columbia Pike and Lincolnia Road. So what I I decided to do when people ask us for a donation, I say, well, if you're going to do an auction, we we will participate in an auction where you can offer a flyer that says create your own ice cream flavor. And people can... I I tell them it's a value of $70 and they can bid on this particular item. Um, And whoever wins the auction for you guys, you give us the name. They will talk to my manager and me. They'll tell us what flavor they want to make. We'll get all the stuff together. They can come to the shop and they can help weigh the stuff and make it. And they can take four pints home with them when they go. And so they get the experience of learning how to make ice cream, learning how to weigh it out, learning how to pack a pint. They get to take the four pints home and then we sell the rest of it. So it's not a dead loss to us. You have to be creative. (laughs) When you're giving something away, you're giving it away. And if you're giving away a particular item, it's a dead loss to you. So you have to find some ways. This is where I tend to think outside of the box. I try to find a way where I can give something 
but it's not a, a dead loss to us. So here we go. <laughs> awesome. 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 Well, I love the impact that you're having and all the awesome things that you're doing. Of course, to make it even easier, we'll have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can follow up with you, come and, and visit and, and find out about all the awesome uh, things that you're making and, and creating over there. So truly appreciate you again, Robin, for your time and all the awesome things you're doing. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you. You too. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Check out the latest and greatest apps, books, and habits to level up your business at ceohacks.co. This has been the IMCEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.